Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is an apostrophe podcast production. Here's one little question that has no simple answer. How does being alone bring us closer? My name is Peg Fong. I'm a journalist and an educator. Come join me as we explore loneliness together. of leaving, wrote Jack Kerouac in the stream of consciousness that would become his book On the Road, is surprisingly easy. And it felt good to be on the road. The world is suddenly rich with possibility. Nothing behind you and everything ahead, as is ever so when you're on the road. When On the Road was published on September the 4th, 1956, Jack Kerouac found himself suddenly famous, the torchbearer of a generation whose work, according to a review in the New York Times, was the most beautifully executed, clearest, and most important utterance yet made by the Beat Generation, a term Kerouac coined. The novel, according to the book critic, is an authentic work of art about an age in which attention is fragmented. A few years ago, I saw the scroll that became On the Road at the American Writers Museum in Chicago. The book emerged from bits and pieces that had been in Kerouac's thoughts and memories. He wrote some of it in his journals for more than a decade and in at least six different drafts. The scroll put all of that into words. 
he famously typed up his novel in a three-week spurt of creativity, fueled by coffee and benzedrine. Kerouac allegedly typed at speeds of 100 words a minute and didn't want to be slowed down by changing the paper all the time. So he used a scroll of paper to continuously write and not get interrupted when his thoughts and typing wanted to continue when the paper ended. By the time the 12-foot-long scroll had finished, it was coffee-stained and tattered. Kerouac had originally hoped his semi-autobiographical, semi-fictional work could be published as a scroll so readers wouldn't have to actually turn the pages. For the book that still sells about 100,000 copies a year today and remains on many required first-year English courses in university, on the road, made little money for the author. He was offered a $900 advance, and his agent, Sterling Lord, convinced the publisher to increase that to $1,000, the equivalent of $10,000 in today's money. The publisher insisted that the money be given in $100 installments, just in case Kerouac squandered the advance. Twelve years later, after personifying the open road and freedom, Kerouac was dead at the age of 47. He had become increasingly isolated after the publication of the book, which made him famous but unfulfilled artistically and financially. He read Thoreau, and after on-the-road success, he considered life outside of civilization. At one time, he spent 63 days in solitude, atop Desolation Peak in Washington State. From the unfettered stream of consciousness work that launched his career, he went the opposite direction and wrote and rewrote haikus, deliberating over the three-line-tight structure of poetry. In today's age, what was once a too-huge world has become smaller, and offices can be anywhere and nowhere at the same time. The beat generation is long settled and gone, but in their place, a new generation of nomads, digital ones, emerged. And they've learned that going on journeys alone is living in one long, continuous, and sometimes lonely scroll, where escaping the rat race can lead you to find many others doing the same thing. And they discover things about themselves they didn't know. Shedding material things the things you own that eventually own you, and being able to see different cultures, meeting people from different countries, can bring a lightness of self-reflection. There is joy in being unshackled and discovering who you are alone in the world. I was living in Sri Lanka at the time and I went to the UK for work and it was Christmas time so I spent Christmas alone. It was actually quite nice. I liked 
the work but it because it was also the christmas time i got to experience um, christmas in london and it was my first white christmas and christmas day was um boring and you can even say lonely because everything was closed and i was just in my room you know watching a movie and eating takeout food <laughs> when i guess everybody else was celebrating with their families as an only child Bellini would just sing he was used to being on her own. It wasn't that she was never lonely, but traveling alone was just something she was accustomed to. She worked in the financial world for more than 14 years, doing different jobs in investment funds management, all finance-related stuff, and realized that she didn't have to be in one place to do her work. She and her partner now stay in different places around the world. Denmark, the US, Mexico, Australia, and they were able to continue doing their jobs in locations that suited their drive to explore new cities and cultures. They have been living in Mexico in different cities since the pandemic started. Yes. So for example, yes, we have stuff, but those are all things that we can leave any moment and or dispose of any moment and go and start over again. So when I uh, left Sydney and I remember when I packed myself to two or three bags, it felt really freeing. It's like, oh, there's nothing holding me back. I can just do whatever I want. Like we chose to have a base, but we didn't really have to. Digital nomads like herself are often betrayed, according to Wijesinghe, as perpetual travelers who work in locations that are mesmerizing and Instagram perfect. It's a lifestyle that others usually only dream about. But it's also a lonely lifestyle. Moving around frequently means there aren't many social ties, and for many being alone for long periods of time, it's a lonely life for some. outside of the social media posts. And as someone who suffers from anxiety, which is Singhi says she can tend to isolate herself to excess. And the result of that is some very lonely times in places where she knows no one. Even though she now travels with her partner, who was her long-distance boyfriend, before she had to actively try not to isolate herself too much people on the other side of their screens may see the lives being led by digital nomads when they're stuck in offices or the familiar surroundings of their lives and think these remote gig workers have it all sorted out they've discovered true happiness by being on the road all the time which is singh he says she would like people to know those longing to take off on their own that there is pressure to live up to those standards digital nomads like her don't have the life you always see in a social media post but she took the step to move away from what she knew to plunge into the unknown and she believes overall that it has been worth it I mean I I'm living my dream. It's it's my dream life. It's not perhaps the multimillionaire kind of lifestyle, but it's my dream life and you know, I love it. She has discovered the difference between being lonely and being on her own by exploring a world where there's something new every day.
The term digital nomad was first coined back in 1997 by computer scientist and semiconductor expert Tsujio Makamoto, who wrote a book with that title with writer David Manners. The digital revolution was just beginning. Apple launched the Mac in 1984, and in 1997, IBM, Dell, and Hewlett-Packard were the top three names in computing. Apple's iMac didn't come out until a year later. The iPhone didn't exist until 10 years after, in 2007. But the potential was there. In the book, Makamoto and Manners predicted the outcome of technological advances on people's lives. Back in 1997, when laptops were clunky and phones were flipped, the future Makamoto envisioned seemed remote, impossible, a world where mobile and portable technologies would augment work and leisure to produce an entirely new lifestyle in which people are freed from constraints of time and location. We were all desk-bound and weighted down by technology 20 years ago. The IBM ThinkPad 755 CD, which was a standard at that time and ahead of the competition, was heavily promoted as the future of computing in the mid-1990s. IBM even took out an ad in Time magazine as it wanted its potential audience to see it as a device for the household. The 755 CD was featured on the counter of Francis Ford Coppola's kitchen. It certainly wasn't intended to be lugged around in a backpack. It weighed seven and a half pounds and cost about $5,000 in 1996 dollars. In today's costs, that would be about $8,200. But mobility has changed. Wireless communication, our offices, they're all portable these days. I'm talking to you, the listener, in what was once, before the pandemic, a pantry. It's now a tiny studio and classroom when I'm teaching online. I'm being listened to by you, wherever you are, and for certain by the director, who is in London, England. Hello, Callie. Hi, Peg. Everyone I interviewed for this episode was somewhere else, in different time zones, speaking into their computers. Digital technologies, even back in 1997, 25 years ago, promised that one day it would enable large numbers of people to work anywhere. They could choose a stationary or nomadic lifestyle. At that time, there was some prescient forecasting about what life would be like if you were a nomad, and it went beyond the technical ability to work anywhere. Being a digital nomad gave someone the ability to disappear in the world, at least out of the reach of governments that want to tax and control them. That kind of disappearance has huge implications for loneliness and isolation. Many governments at that time, according to the authors, saw nomads as threats and discouraged the nomadic lifestyle that had existed for thousands of years. It's in our DNA to want to wander from the known to the unfamiliar. Some of us do it for adventure. Some did it to escape persecution. The reason was the same, to find something safer, better, more exciting. The digital nomadic lifestyle that has existed since technology enabled workers to go anywhere has enabled many to get lost. 
and to find themselves in the unknown. Don't get lost. Find your way back here. We'll be right back. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The pandemic led many people to think about what it would be like to be the opposite of housebound, It was tempting after all those months when we were confined to the same place to ponder this question, could I work anywhere? COVID-19 drove more people to consider it. But even before February and March of 2020, when the pandemic first began spreading, there were existing factors that made many people pack up and go. Precariousness of employment is one of the factors that people do not have lifetime employment anymore. We have these short-term freelance gigs. There is no security in employment and cost of living getting higher and higher in Western societies, if we can say that. 
So the combination of these factors pushed people to relocate somewhere else to find more affordable destinations. And, uh, Southeast Asia has always been a destination for alternative lifestyles, with people looking for something different. So many nomads go to Thailand and other Asian countries. Westerners in northern countries find living and life, eating and sleeping, much cheaper in the South. Olga Hananen began studying digital nomads as a postdoctoral researcher at the University of East Finland when she became interested in understanding why so many Russians were buying second homes in Finland. This led to her research into the growth of recreational properties and lifestyle mobilities around the world by people who made their living or had their primary residence elsewhere. And she found people who didn't have a second home or even a first one. People who were only in that country for a short period of time and then were moving on. It was the opposite of what she had been studying. There were people wanting to put down roots elsewhere. And in those places were people who she learned had no interest in settling down in any place. Another factor is also escaping the rat race. Uh, that people are tired of constantly commuting to the offices, doing long hours in their office, doing this regular job. And usually, um, this again, studies show that people work in the offices that they in, in the cubicles. Sometimes they do not have windows, <laughs> they do not get sunshine, and this is another factor escaping this office routine and rat race. There were push factors the lack of steady lifetime locked-in employment, and pull factors, the desire to escape the rat race. Feelings of loneliness are often present in the people Hananen spoke to about what life is like as a digital nomad. In order to pursue that kind of lifestyle, it requires freedom from personal attachments, such as marriage or family. The upside of being free is the downside of being untethered to anything. Several studies also indicate that they compensate the loneliness by going into co-working spaces, by building online communities. And this is the compensation for constantly being alone because your social connections are very disrupted. You cannot keep long-term relationships when you're constantly changing destinations. Up in the Air with George Clooney, Vera Farmiga, and Anna Paquin is to me the opposite of Jack Kerouac's book On the Road. Instead of taking the road and meandering from place to place, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Denver, Laredo, Up in the Air is all about being on planes. The movie has many major scenes set in airports, where it's all about travel efficiency and travel with a specific purpose, knowing exactly how to pack minimally and efficiently to make quick entries and exact departure times. The character Ryan Bingham, played by George Clooney, has a goal of achieving 10 million air miles on American Airlines. He is about to reach that goal because he's on the road so much, up in the air, flying from place to place, where his job is to lay off people from their jobs. 
He travels so much that he's accumulated the top tiers for hotel stays and car rentals. His life is antiseptic and digital, with meaningless encounters where his frequent travel status pushes him to the front of the line, and he is greeted with the same welcome everywhere he goes. These are the friendly touches that keep his world in orbit and without any real human connections. He wears slip-on shoes to get through the security checkpoints faster, and he gives motivational talks when he's not firing people about discarding anything you don't need so you can travel lighter through life. This is what we do to ourselves on a daily basis, Ryan Bingham says. We weigh ourselves down until we can't even move. And make no mistake, moving is living. All that we have, the character tells us, is disposable. Photos, mementos, cherished items, they're all items for people who haven't learned how to remember. Drink some ginkgo, he advises, and get rid of it all. Imagine waking up with nothing. It's travel that doesn't leave a footprint. A cocoon in some ways of self-banishment, but it's a light cocoon to carry. For Lauren Gable, a digital nomad, travel was her way of breaking free from her cocoon of being an introvert and fearful of going out into the world on her own. As a child, Gable's family had family friends who traveled constantly. They went to Bali and Greece and Africa, and when they came home and showed their photos, Gable was hooked at a young age. She wanted to see those places, and she was always begging her family to go to far-flung destinations from her native Texas. She had caught the wander bug early, but couldn't ever find the time or the money to travel. In college, she was focused on getting her degree in film production, and when she graduated, she transitioned into jobs that didn't pay well where she was dependent on short-term productions. All her friends were going through the same thing in their careers. After a couple of years of working, Gable decided to book a trip on her own. I kind of realized from day one, like if I didn't put myself out there and like try to make friends, that it was going to be a really lonely trip and I was going to spend a lot of time alone. So at like first day, I was sitting in the common area of the hostel and there was this Russian guy and this Indian guy all charging our phones. And I just like sucked it up and like said hi and asked how their day was going. <laughs> you know, like the lamest pickup line in the whole book, but they were, you know, they perked up and they were so happy to have somebody to talk to too. And we all ended up going to get dinner together. And they were like my first solo travel friends. And She now runs her own business called Out of Office Gal that allows her to travel from place to place and advise other people on how to be a digital nomad. And the lessons she's learned from moving from place to place is one that she's happy to share with others contemplating about making the leap. Traveling on your own without too much baggage can give you the chance to try something new and unshackle you from what is known. Gable always thought of herself as a shy, introverted person, Her first solo trip forced her to try something else, approaching strangers and becoming more outgoing. Loneliness can be a jumping-off point that allows you to travel on your own and try the unknown. Just because you got on the plane alone doesn't mean, like, 
the whole trip has to be lonely and you have to spend it alone. There are times in your life when you want to have some alone time to think. And, you know, I've definitely been at stages in my life where I kind of needed to clear my head and recalibrate and like take some time to like do like a little inner soul searching. But she also discovered that the life of a nomad is, these days, not a choice to only go out on your own. When you can connect online, anywhere, to anyone, in any place, the world is small enough that you don't have to be lonely. On the Road Lives On. It's often cited as one of the most shoplifted books by booksellers. And it has now spurred, 64 years after its release, generations of wanderers who hit the road and look for meaning. Or at least an adventure without a glance back at what was left behind. There's a feeling when you're driving away from people, Kerouac wrote, and they recede on the plane until their specks disperse. Once a mainstay in university courses, On the Road by Kerouac is often seen these days through a different lens. It was of its time, but in today's world, it seems like a very different time. The characters are privileged in their perspective of their world, their place. There's no hesitation in the characters that the road is theirs for the taking, and no awareness that not everyone has the same privilege because of their gender, their ethnicity, and their economic background. In the 40s and 50s, only a few had the luxury of taking off into the unknown. But these days, the road has become more traveled by anyone because of the ability to be connected digitally. Today's nomads are driven elsewhere, on the road, because their world is uncertain. They don't have and many don't want, the stability of lifetime employment in one place. And technology has enabled them to take their laptops and still be connected to whoever they want to be connected to. That connection means an acceptance that it's also fine to feel lonely now and then, says digital nomad Thelini Wijasinghi. Life on the road isn't a continuous vacation, And there are times the loneliness comes from missing your former life. And yes, even the things you wanted to get away from in the first place. She once realized that she missed the daily commute in public transport, something she wanted to get away from when she chose to live away from a 9-to-5 routine. Stay in touch with your close circle and expand your circle, says Lauren Gable. She was on her own when she began her journey solo, But now she has friends all over the world, people she would never have met if she had just stayed and waited before taking off alone. As the lonely philosopher Ryan Bingham, George Clooney said, moving is living. Someone, somewhere, is about to embark on their adventure, on their own, on the road, or up in the air. We may be alone, but we are alone together. Alone Together was directed by Callie O'Reilly. 
Sound engineer is Jeff Devine. The theme music by Ian Lefevre and Ari Posner. Our producers are Allison Pinches and Guillermo Serrano. My name is Peg Fong. I am the host and writer. Are you a digital nomad and listening to this in a place you always wanted to go to? Share with us on social at apostrophe pod. We love to get a photo of where you're listening to us. This series is executive produced by Terry O'Reilly. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.